Guten Morgen, Mark. Oh, Guten Morgen, Johnny. Well, it's a Guten Tag for me. At least it better be, otherwise I'll feel real weird about the alcohol I'm drinking right now. <laughs> no, you're in Germany. It's all good, man. Yeah, but it's not beer, so like it's a little bit more frowned upon. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, what's going on with you, man? Well, it's funny you mentioned alcohol. Um, So, you know, I'm currently in between positions right now. Giggity. Um, <laughs> but I think I might have uh, settled upon my new money-making venture. It's either gonna, it's either gonna save my bacon or put me in the poorhouse, one or the other. Oh. But I think I might have cracked a code. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm doing like, what do you call a food truck that you clandestinely operate out of your house? Because that's what I'm doing. It's not a restaurant, and the FDA has no idea that I'm doing it. But it's basically fusion for the sake of fusion, right? So okay. I, I was struck with this idea to just start making things that don't typically pair. Like, you remember in college, my favorite snack was a tomato soup and those little chocolate gem donuts, and you dip them in, and, and that was like, ooh, just I, mm, delicious, yes, I, right? I do, I do recall it being a thing. I don't remember it being delicious, but yes, I, I <laughs> remember that, yes. It's, be it's because you lack vision and a perfect palate like I have, and that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you're you're a proud, ignorant, visionless food hack, and that's fine, because I still want to bring you on to this, because, like, so this is what's on my menu so far. So, like, um, I'm doing German sushi, which is okay. a piece of sausage with sauerkraut topped with um, some whole grain mustard, so it looks like, you know, the roe eggs. Okay. All right, right. Um, German nachos, which are little bits of, um, it's little schnitzel chips diced up into, um, pretzel chips slathered in cheese. It's pretty gross and basically a one-way ticket to diarrhea, but it, you know, it goes down real smooth. And then okay. for dessert, to top it all off, root beer floats and banana splits. Okay. And the root beer floats are actually just beer. And, and the banana splits? Or banana splits made with bananas and vanilla ice cream. I am finding that if you pair it with a nice pilsner, it doesn't go well. But if you do it with a nice dunkel, ooh, sehr gut, buddy. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it's, pilsner tastes like piss anyway, and I realize I'm going to offend half an entire country here, but fuck you all. I'm from right below Cologne, so I like Kolsch. Um, <laughs> damn, dude, I actually would eat all of those things. There's this really good Bavarian yeah. cheese that I tried not too long ago. It's like a cheese dip that they put on everything in southern Germany. I'm like, yeah, I understand why Germans are as uh, portrayed as large and rotund and full of pretzels, cheese, and chocolate. It's great. <laughs> well, you think it's all well and good, right? Until, you know, you're in the initial test phases of making all this, you know, wonderful, wonderful fusion that has no purpose existing. Crimes against humanity, some might say. And um, you go and blow up your toilet. And I gotta be honest, dude, without getting too TMI here, it's leading to some pretty interesting bowel movements. Like, I don't know how, oh, interesting. but I'm okay. straight up just... Poop and pretzels, like pretzels, John. Knotted little pretzels. But then, but then the other day, I, I tried a different, you know, take on the whole German nacho deal, and I was doing, you know, like, Fleischwurst instead of Bratwurst meat, and I got up and, you know, went to flush it down, and I looked, and I realized it spelled something. Oh? Yeah, it spelled, it said, Welcome in, I was Dangle Podcast? <laughs> 
Willkommen aus Dang Old Podcast. Yes, everybody, please welcome to the episode 101 of the Dang Old Podcast. This here King of the Hill podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, we talk about King of the Hill. We take two episodes of that beloved animation classic by Mike Judge, and we analyze them. We break them down. We talk about the highs, the lows, what we likes, what we don't likes. We slap it with our patented rating, and for a hundred episodes now, Mark and I have been telling you what you should be thinking about these episodes. And I'm not going to stop anytime soon. Well, <laughs> depends. It's, I guess soon is relative here, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Before too long, we're going to run out of episodes, because unfortunately, those <laughs> bastards at Fox will revive just about anything, but they haven't revived <laughs> this yet. It's going to get the Hulu treatment later. Mark, what do you say we jump right into this week's episodes? Now, I already got really shitty. I don't need you to get shitty with the Futurama reboot already. I mean, I enjoyed but the one episode I saw. It was okay. I refuse to watch it. I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I tell you what, if you're not going to watch this season, I will happily not even hate watch it. I can tell you already that I like this new episode better than Yo, Lila, Lila but I fucking hate that episode, so it's not really hard to beat. <laughs> I also liked it better than all four of the fucking movies, so there you go. All right, all right. Well, um, how did it stack up to this week's episode of King of the Hill? Oh, it's King of the Hill always trumps Futurama, man. That's it's just always going to be a thing. You can give me a charcoal <laughs> of an episode, and I'll probably take it over most King of the, or most Futurama episodes. So. Hmm, okay. okay join yeah. us next week when we start peppering in Futurama with... We're going to do, we're, guys, we're not ready to give up this ghost yet, so Mark and I are going to start doing one episode of King of the Hill and one episode of Futurama, and we're going to stack them head-to-head, and we're going to see which is better. Unfortunately for King of the Hill, we're going to start in Season 11 against Futurama Season 1. <laughs> it's fucked. Guys, this week we're talking about Episode 203, Sir Punt. Original air date, February 11th, 2007. This is written by our good buddy, but not really, Craig Cohen. I His name really is Greg, but that one typo yes. says Craig, and I will always and forever call him Craig. Craig Cohen, everybody. <laughs> Mark, where do we see Mr. Craig? This is his third and final that we're going to get from him. We just we're, we might remember him from such episodes as Inreconcilable Differences and Fish and Wildlife. Fuck you, Craig. Fuck you very That's much. That's why we don't use your real name. <laughs> exactly. This week's cast of characters include Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Lucky Platter, Luann Kleinschmidt. Yep, I fucked that up already. Tommy, Rollo, Josh, Nancy Gribble, Miguel Hernandez, Buck Strickland, Khan, Supernusimpone, Lady Bird, Joe Jack, Donna, and non-speaking roles from Enrique, Melinda, and Maria Montalvo who is looking muy caliente in the animation this week. I don't know if you noticed that, but I did when I Please saw her Please don't read my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Maria Mont- Dude, she looks hot, man. Like, <laughs> I understand why Peggy's so upset. <laughs> I, I do, too. I couldn't get that Latina out of my brain for half a second while I was with my wife. It's great. <laughs> that okay. beautiful Chicana. Mark, our synopsis this week, the city of Arland is duped by guest stars Tommy and Rollo into passing bond measure S when Bonnie, Bobby's Burmese python Josh escapes into the sewers. Uh, our guest stars here, Tommy and Rollo, are voiced by the one and only and the fantastic John Goodman. He plays mm-hmm. Tommy. And Randall Reeder plays Rollo. 
Uh, Randall Reeder has been in a couple of different King of the Hill episodes before, um, but when you look up his picture, he just looks like a ubiquitous, angry white biker man. Like, apparently he's, let's see, he's in Idiocracy. He plays a character with, um, oh, why can't I remember Terry Crews' president's name? Like, Muchacho. Gil Macho, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Um, so he's he's, he's oh got... he's the um he's in Deadpool. He's the one that yeah, talks yes. the good shit, and then yeah yeah the big bearded biker. What an yes, interesting big... character model they chose for him, right? Wow. For Rolo, okay. like that's not what I was yeah. expecting at all. But he's he's got like I think IMDb credited him for five separate roles in King of the Hill. This is just one of them is Rolo. Um, I know we saw other ones. If you give me a second here and don't mind my clickety clack and I will definitely pull, pull it up real quick. Um, it's Randall reader. And now I'm singing. He is Bob Choate in the year of washing dangerously. And we last saw him there. And before that, we saw him as the bee delivery guy in mutual of Omaha. So he's not really in it. Like he's not our new. Um, oh my God, John, who was our Matt? Who played um Big Jim? Oh, yeah, um, I don't know. Angry guy. <laughs> yeah, I just like hot Donna's think of the DJ name. friend. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, no, but uh, and he was here. He was here a bunch, and now I don't think he's coming back. And we're like, oh, well, at this point, he's just a feature on King of the Hill, but now he's gone. I don't know. He writes. Uh, but he will come back, Mark, in season 11 in um, one of my personal favorite episodes. No? Yeah, so he... he. Let's see. He is uh, one of the voices of other characters such as Gorilla. <laughs> I don't want to give it away. I really don't want to give it away I too know. much. But you know. That's all right. I I pulled up IMDb too, so. Oh, good man. Good, good, good. Guys, just it's it's going to happen and I don't want to I don't want to spoil it because Mark and I are going to get stupidly giddy during that episode anyway. But okay, anyway, guys, we're uh, we're to the the snake in the toilet bowl episode. That's that's where we're at. A story characters, Bobby, Hank, Tommy, Rollo, uh, Dale, I put Lucky in here, but that was because I did A-Story characters before I actually, like, watched the episode and realized Lucky's... You were just hammering out the characters. I was like, ah, Lucky gave him the snake. He's sure to show up more than just the opening scene. No, he just shows up the opening scene. Mark, give me your notes, buddy. Um, some notes. Number one, is Hank afraid of snakes? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't either. But maybe... I, just, I remember, um, what, Patriot Act with uh, Frank the Snake and that dude right. who is clearly one of Cotton's bastards, has him around his neck. Um, right. I just can't remember, like, I feel like Hank talks shit about the snake. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I agree snake. with Hank, though. It doesn't matter if he's afraid of them or not. Snakes are terrible pets, especially Burmese python. Say, Johnny. Yes. Did you know that as of right now, there are better than 300,000 feral Burmese pythons just in Florida? They don't have natural predators. They are massively detrimental to the ecosystem because they eat everything, including the deer and the gators and anything that moves. And I think the only thing that can really kill them is like humans and a panther every now and then. But panthers don't eat snakes. 
Um, yeah. They are they are terrible, and it's all based off of um, this. It's people buy them as pets, can't keep them and release them, or or they were illegally imported for um, um, snake leather. Right. Yeah. Uh, Two Wizards did an episode on it, and I encourage you guys to uh, check it out. Because they can get so big. That's why they people specifically imported them. Because that Bernie's, Bernie's Python, like, it can grow to stupid fucking lengths. Oh, yeah, they can push better than 20, almost 25 feet. And I'm sure that yeah. they can get bigger than that. Snakes can get colossal if left unchecked. Yeah. But, yeah, Two Wizards did an episode. Go check that one out, because I really got horned up for that mayhem. Um... Typically, this is a weird episode for me because usually I'm going to get mad at this premise where it's like, you know, the greedy government employee not doing their job. But right. I, in the beginning, in the offset, I don't – I'm not upset with Tommy. I understand what he's saying. Like, you know, the firefighters get this. You know, the the teachers get this. How come we don't get this? Yeah. And I don't disagree with him, but he's an asshole and he's wrong. Like, mm-hmm. in the end, he's wrong. I understand, like, wanting a little bit more money. And he really, took it too far. like, in the beginning. Well, yeah, but in the beginning, he talks about he just wants some overtime. Like, really, this man just needs – this man just wants to be more fairly compensated for his job. Like, um, Rolo walks in and, like, dumps the bag of whatever on the desk and goes, well, the <laughs> softball field's clean. And it's yeah. like, and then, you know, he goes, God, we don't get paid enough for this. And it's like, you probably don't. So, yeah. So in the beginning, at least, it's not a bad episode, you know, until it jumps its own shark. But – um, yeah. Speaking of jumping its own shark, this episode almost immediately jumps the, its own shark. Why the hell would the news show up in front of Hank's house? Oh, wait, it's because of plot. That's why. Because um, <laughs> he lives next door to the news lady. Duh. <laughs> she just saw that. And, Exclusive. D- get the camera, Shug. Um, plays with the Arlen physics here a little bit because you and I know Arlen is supposed to be like, what, 150,000 people? And yet it is still yeah. so much treated like it's like a town of 25,000 where everybody knows everybody's business. And so it's like mm-hmm. all of a sudden Nancy just happened to hear that the county guys were going to go on talk about this snake. And, oh, who is it? Who should it be that it? but her next door neighbor that is the one who released him? Well, I know him. Let's go and just have a news caravan over there. And I'm going to tell everybody in the media about it so they all do it too. Like, guys, yeah. You're having your cake and eating it too, and now it's unbelievable. You're right; like mm-hmm. it immediately jumps the shark, like almost instantly. And and but then too, like John Goodman is, they can't be legal, like naming Hank Hill. You know what I mean? Like right? Or I, I get it; it's TV, whatever. But like, whatever. Right. I don't care. I'm not gonna dwell on that point. But just the whole like escalation is insane. Like, he could have lied and said, we've had multiple reports of Burmese pythons, and then it could have yes-handed into mayhem. Instead, hell, I would have even liked to see where Hank is a little bit on board with it until he realizes, wait a minute, all this gear and everything, you're not doing anything good with it. You're just, you know, it's just kickbacks. But hey, no, instead, we're just going to rehash a plot line we've done a couple times before. It doesn't matter. I just, you know, whatever. Um, You know who could have fixed this problem, though? Who? Councilman Fred Ebert, but I'm pretty sure that thanks to our <laughs> efforts, you and I have got him recalled. Fuck Fred Ebert. I was waiting for them <laughs> to reference him. I really was, because it's specifically the county commission. Like, that's the board yeah. that they keep going, and I'm like, where is he? Where is that rat bastard? He's probably busy popping popcorn. 
<laughs> at his second job because he doesn't make enough being a councilman. <laughs> he makes plenty <laughs> because of bond majors. He's in it for the glory. <laughs> <laughs> Do me, councilman. Ooh. Uh, it's 17 um, minutes in. I'm already almost done with my first drink. It's going to be a great day. Good man. Uh, <laughs> um, we're getting real montage You notice that? We're getting really, really yeah. montage lately. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just... Um, Educating Lucky was a good one, but like... I don't know. I It was just... Um, I'm not sure. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't think I like it. And it's getting to the point where, like, montages are lazy. Like, and we're just trying to fill yeah. time. Like, I, I honestly feel like that's what this is. Independent of a um, B-plot, instead of we're just going to try and fill time. And I honestly think it's because Craig isn't a good enough writer to write a B-plot. Um, okay. Why aren't Lucky and Luann ever at Lucky's trailer? Like, Jesus Christ. Well, they're always at the Hill House. I'm, I'm kind of operating under the guise that Lucky doesn't actually have a place of residence. He just lives in pretty, pretty truck truck. Now we saw him last week with um educating Lucky. Hank goes oh, shit, to his you're right. place. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's where Luann hits her hit her orange palazzo pants. The ones that made her butt look big. Yeah, and you can, she can never go back there. <laughs> Deep cuts, okay. folks. Deep cuts. <laughs> I like drunk Johnny. You get real deep cutty. Um, finally, this is a very special episode where King of the Hill discusses the war on terror slash public panic and then rips off the Simpsons. Do you know which Simpsons one I'm talking about, buddy? Um, I mean, I literally just watched one where they, they are smuggling drugs, like prescription drugs, back in from Canada. And they have Apu sipping on coffee and he it's too hot. So he's going, and and. For some reason, Flanders decided to like wrap his head in a cold rag to cool him down. Was it that one? <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> it's the bear tax one with the illegal immigrants. It was always the immigrants. I knew it was them. Even when it was the bears, I knew it was them. Even when it was the snakes, we knew it was them. Yes. Again, I don't think that Craig Cohen or that uh yeah, Craig Cohen is a good writer. Um, last note here, this is an episode of nothing but callbacks, and some of them are good, and some of them really piss me off. Number one, Johnny, what is Peggy reading? Dinner of Onions. It's in my notes. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Um, they go to Goober Smooches. Nice. Okay, I didn't notice that. Yeah, uh, when they're, um, when Dale and the guys are there, and they're, you know, strike force snake or whatever the hell it is oh and they get brought the uh banana splits and beers okay i didn't realize that was goober smooches i didn't pay enough attention (laughs) now you're good um and then we get some callbacks to shit we don't need like uh the town needlessly turning against hank like as in operas hank le deluge Mm -hmm. or racist dog Mm -hmm. um we get bobby (laughs) getting a Call back to a shitty pet, like in To Kill a Ladybird. Mm-hmm. Uh, we g- get Maria looking, still being at Strickland, which is a good thing, and you already called it out. Damn, she looks real good. And finally, we get a call back to Dale using Resen d'Atre. Um, you called it out in the trouble with Gribbles, and you're all happy that he used that word, and I heard him say it again today, and I'm like, Dale just uses this. He uses this in his day-to-day. So we got some good callbacks, and we got some bad callbacks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it definitely did feel feel very callbacky for sure. 
Um, okay, so my notes, I, I you didn't share too many with me, which is nice. Um, but Mark, <laughs> did you know that the largest Burmese python ever caught in America was over 19 feet, just over 19 feet long? And he was caught oh, less God. than a month ago in Florida? He was caught on July oh, 13th in Florida. Oh, God. Yeah, 19 feet, folks. That is an awful lot of snake. That's like four Johnnies put head to toe in front, like up to top. You know what I'm trying to say? That's a lot of fucking snake in Florida. And Florida's already fucking terrible. So that just tells you how much worse it is. Um, Mark, what would you want to get paid if you were the county animal control guy? Like, do you have a number that you would you want, you would need to get paid minimum in order to do that job? Because honestly, to start without without incentives without anything else and at the bottom of the pay scale my number is 50,000 i need 50 grand if you're oh. going to have me going around killing gophers and just like nuking pests and all this other shit especially because you know the animal control people are the ones that are picking up the the very sad and depressing like stray dogs and cats and having to put them down which i couldn't fucking handle mm mm um I would say 45 with full benefits. Okay. Like good benefits yeah. though, right? I just imagine that that job leads lends itself very easily to a number of getting to, to, to getting bit by shit. And yeah. you're going to need to get stung with other shit to undo the biting. And I ain't paying for that out of pocket. Like rabies shots are expensive, man. I'm not into that. Um, no, that's I don't know. Call. I could handle picking up the roadkill. I had a buddy that did. He worked for CDOT and he was on the roadkill crew. And he said that, like, other than the smell in summer, it wasn't really a bad job. Okay. Like, yeah, I could see that. He said you get real desensitized to all the dead pets and shit. But, like, I don't know. He told me one time they were picking up a dead cow elk and the stomach busted. And Ooh. it, like, shot. It was, like, three days old in the hot summer. And the stomach had busted open and it just, like, dumped. Uh, yep. decomposition on him and he's like yeah that was when I was ready to quit because it got in my beard and I just like I I'd be done too fuck that noise but yeah, yeah I'd say 45 with some good benefits interesting I'm kind of curious so I when I worked for the, the city of Colorado town um, when I worked for the city I, had, I worked in a, a cemetery and we had an animal control lady who was there almost the entire time I was there too and she would come through and patrol about once or twice a week through the cemetery just to make sure people are like doing their 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 duties and picking up after their dogs, which they never fucking did. And I would always I'd have her on like speed dial in case I saw somebody out there. I'm like, you shouldn't be walking your dogs through a fucking cemetery anyway. This is not a public park. This is a resting place for people. Like, go walk your dog in the one of the other literally three other fucking dog parks in town. Hey, man, they bring him into restaurants, so it doesn't matter anymore. There's No, dogs are allowed everywhere, Johnny, and you're the problem. <laughs> Apparently I am. But uh, no, this lady, she was like the absolute nicest person in the world. She always stopped and said hey to me. She always had five minutes to spare to tell me something cool that happened to her. Always had like some fun story about like, oh, yeah, there was like family of raccoons I found in this attic. And I'm like, tell me more, please. Not to mention she was kind of attractive. So like that definitely helped, too. She was your Janine Garofalo. She was my Janine Garofalo. Hey, if she wants to be my partner, I guess I'll take like an extra $2,000 less. But you got to guarantee she's going to be my partner. It's cool. Um, Mark, you already put down here that Peggy's reading a dinner of onions, so I'm not going to rehash that. But thank you for noticing. I did too. It, and it's 
it is purely a thing now where you and I are noticing this because of the cover, because it doesn't say Dinner of Onions. You they, they don't animate any of that, but they animate that mm-hmm. specific cover. So that's how you and I know. Um, props to you animators for knowing what Mark and I want to fucking see. Um, <laughs> props to them for keeping it as a running through line, though. Like, yeah. when did we see Full Metal Dust Jack? It was like season six or seven. Like, yeah, good it's, on them, it's man. Been like, they have a, kept that half image a series ago. Um, yeah. And my my last one. Uh, let me dust off this this uh, this old soapbox that you and I don't use very often. But damn, is this episode a good showpiece of how American politics has evolved and why it sucks so much now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, the only way to do this is to strike fear into the masses and constantly barrage them and berate them on TV. Shove it down everyone's throat. Let's get the media involved. Every single channel's got Snake Watch. What really got me was all of the councilmen at the meeting just going, I'm anti-snake. No, I'm more anti-snake than you are. The second it turns into, oh, this is going to become a voting issue. Yep, I have to come out on the right side of this because doesn't matter if I'm anti-snake or not. Everybody needs to think that I am. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is just the pandering to the masses and the, I need to save my ass because I need to have this job. No, you don't. If you're, if you're like, your scruples are so easily changed because of this, then you shouldn't be in that job to begin with. I'm just going to say it. But, now, yeah. Now, really quick, I want to flag that play. It's always been this way. It, Humans it, it are has. reactionary. And, it, dude, liter- literally, like, uh, 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 what was it, Cicero? It's like, all right, well, we're just, or no, Crassus, like, uh, Carthago to Linda S. They did nothing. They were doing that. Carthage was doing nothing. Fuck that. We're going to kill them. And literally spurned the, spurred the entire Roman population into genociding an entire, like, m- mega city. Like, we've always been this way, you know? Okay. Like, this episode just points out how easy it is. Like, As I said, let me, let I, agree, me I, my... I don't disagree with you, though, when you say, no, like, yeah. You're just like, I was always, it reminds me of that family guy bit when they're talking about like, oh, you know how we went to to war with Iraq, right? And it cuts to the Senate and it's like, anybody who doesn't want to go to war is gay. And well, I wanted to go to war first. I wanted to go to war more than anybody. It's like, it's the same thing. We're just, we're the same. What were you going to say? Sorry. No, I was going to say, just let, let me amend my previous statement then too. This is a good example of what, what like the rapid in like information age has done to this because it's sped the process up so much quicker and it's even worse now because this episode was what 15 years ago at this point wow we're already only into 15 years ago um and i mean we in, in 2007 i think we had just seen the birth of the iphone so the internet in our pockets instead of on our computers mm-hmm. It's only gone downhill from there, guys. We should have nuked ourselves into oblivion in 2007 when the iPhone came out. The idea of having the internet at at, at a moment's whim, anytime you fucking want it, is done more damage than good. Anyway, this is me stepping down off that dusty old soapbox. Mark, give me some pros from this episode, because I know you got something good to say. Dusty old soapbox full of green soap. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Caleb. Where did you come from? I've been here the whole time. I suck. And I'm going to knock something over in your house. Um. White shirt. White shirt. How'd you get your shirt so white? White shirt. 
soapbox, soapbox. How do you stand so tall in that stupid thing? Soap. I don't know. Um, <laughs> bro, John Goodman. Know him. Love him. National Holy treasure. Um, have you seen John Goodman lately? I I have. That dude fucking lost so much weight. Yeah, like started powerlifting and he looks amazing now. Like, he's what I imagine like John Goodman looked like when he was a kid. But... Yes. Okay, f- yeah. get, real quick, half a second sidebar here. Favorite John Goodman anything? Roseanne. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm not a fan of Roseanne, but I do love him. I'm not either, but I genu- I generally like him. Um, I think he's one of the better TV dads, but also he is a very flawed human, and I like that. But also, um, him and Roseanne were the more real... They were like the realest couple I ever saw on TV, you know, like they okay. were both, they both stuck to their, I don't want to say hard headed, but they were both just, you know, they were just normal. They were, they were natural. They weren't afraid to show them fighting. Like I remember watching John Goodman yelling at Roseanne and um her sister a lot, like, and I'm not saying you should yell at your partner. Maybe you should. It's probably cathartic, but like at the same time, I... I like his representation. I thought he was a really good character in that show. Okay. Yeah. Um, for me, obvious answer, Big Lebowski. Not so obvious answer, mm. Monsters, Inc. And for the mm. Dark Horse candidate, I love John Goodman in the Flintstones. I'm pretty sure that's the first thing I remember him in, and he's fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. You know what, too? Baby. Emperor's New Groove. He's really good oh, in that, Oh, God. So with Emperor's New Groove and the Monsters movies, like I don't even consider him not a voice acting like amateur here because he's proven through three feature films that he knows what the fuck he's doing with voice acting. Like this is a quality mm-hmm. cast for them in this. Mm-hmm. God, I love John Goodman. Fuck. Anyway, keep going. Sorry, I just had well, to sidebar okay, no, for a really, second. No, no, you're good. Really quick, because I pull up his IMDb because now I'm curious. I'm like, is there something that I don't like him in? Mm. If you, um, I don't know. I brought this up a couple weeks ago. Righteous Gemstones is fucking awesome, and he is like, I wouldn't say he's a standout character, but damn, is he consistent? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, he's in Kong Skull Island too, and he's really good in that. <laughs> um. Yep. <laughs> um. Guys, this is gonna turn into Alan Rickman, where we just talk about how much we love John Goodman. It's okay. We can. But I swear uh, this to God, is one John of those episodes where die. we just kind of got to stretch for time a little bit, honestly. Oh, uh, he played Santa in SpongeBob. That's adorable. He's also Santa in Futurama. Apparently, he played Colonel Sanders in KFC Loves Gays. I need to put that on my pocket. <laughs> Red State. Ooh, he was in Red State. He was really good in oh. Red State. Holy shit! That's that is ooh. That's almost a contender for better than Lebowski, just because it's more like underground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, sorry, we're jumping off this one. Uh, John Goodman, guys, national treasure. I know. Go that fucking never watch hear something. This, but we love give you. that dude a royalty. Yeah. No shit. Go give that dude like three royalties. Um. Anyway, more pros here. Um. I already called it out like three times, but beer and banana split. I just. It's such a stupid combination. Why would you drink beer and a banana split? Like, I don't care. I just, I love it. It's great. <laughs> One um, word, Mark. Gluttony. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even like bananas, and I kind of want to try it. Um, 
This might be a favorite moment, but I'm just going to call it out here. Uh, Dale and his little snake hunter get up. Oh, my God. He's like Canadian Mountie. <laughs> yeah, but he's got like the like padded bite proof boots and like the weird bush ranger hat. And he's he's great. Um, side pro, I like all the stupid animations. I, I don't know what you call it, but all the news stations use all the little animations. And, you know, yes. like, first there's a snake in the toilet, and then, like, the one pops up out of it. It's like, I just like that. I appreciate that. That's a good little sight gag. That there's a lot of good sight in gags pro. in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's what I got. How about you, buddy? Uh. So, let's see here. It's a pro for me that Luann calls out the snake for being anti-Christian, because snakes are, are historically, <laughs> like, painted as evil awful things in the Bible, and so Luann would be the one to go, oh my god, it hates me because I'm a Christian. Uh, <laughs> like, okay. We, really quick, Luann's a shitty quit Christian. Unprotected sex with Lucky. Bad Christian. Shame on you, Luann. You're mm. getting your Christian card revoked. Yeah, anyway. <clears throat> but... Eh. Um, you already put it down here, but the animation of the snake coming out of the toilet bowl in the, the news teaser... Yeah, like, all, I noticed that they have, like, three or four different ones because everybody is in this, like, snake paranoia throughout Arlen. Um, that's great. I appreciate that uh, at one point they talk about how Dale working with these guys is like Boomhauer working with uh, Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> or Hank working with, like, the Wizard of Propane. And that tells me that Boomhauer not only... Not only loves the NBA, or at least maybe not the NBA, but at least the Philadelphia 76ers, but that tells me that Boomhauer might be the only one on the in the whole alley that watches basketball. Why'd you take basketball? It's because Wilt Chamberlain got like the most pussy ever. I mean, th- you know, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> I went right to his actual like stats that you can prove on Google, <laughs> not the ones you infer. God damn it, where is where is fucking Brad when we need him? He's our resident like NBA expert. And I want and I want some goddamn backup. Brad, you owe you owe us you owe me and Mark like a fucking guest star on this show. Holy shit. Um Guys, go listen to how I go go listen to I can't wait to show my kids. You're going to hear Brad, I'm sure, talk about the NBA at least once. Um Wilt Chamberlain was said to have uh, um, Wilt Chamberlain said that he had slept with 20,000 women during his lifetime. See, I hate you because that makes so much more sense than what I just said. And I was hoping that we're digging into like, hours, like something, something real weird. I'm niche, sorry, like, dude. We were getting all edgy, like, holy shit. Nobody's ever connected that Boomhauer likes the NBA before. No, fuck you. Gotta make it all about sex. Guys, Mark just shit in my cereal, and that means he needs to move on to cons. Give me cons, Mark. <laughs> you don't have any more pros. No, dude. Thanks for shitting in my cut. <laughs> oh, shit. I gotta quit laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I fucking hate how easily you dismantled me. I honestly, why would you pick Wilt Chamberlain? He's not even that good of a basketball. Like, he was good, but, like, why not Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley or uh, that white Larry Bird? Like, I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, cons. Um, I am genuinely terrified of toilet snakes. 
Um, <laughs> this episode really made me uncomfortable. But um, so Hank is wrong as hell about them not biting people. Um, and really quick, per the Independent, a 65-year-old man got a rude awakening after a articulated python bit him while he was sitting on his toilet at home. The man who has not been named paid a visit to the bathroom around 6 a.m. and felt a pinch on his genitals. Uh, sometime after he sat down. He then turned around to see a 5-foot, 1.5-meter albino snake in the toilet bowl. The reticulated python, a constrictor native to Asia, can grow nearly 30 feet long, is believed to have found its way into the toilet network that drains in the apartment block in an Austrian city of Graz. Johnny, that was in Austria, and that's where I picked it, because there's a bunch of stories about snakes biting people in the ass, but that one's real close to your home, buddy. But don't worry, because it gets worse. Per Forbes, a man was bitten in the taint by a snub-nosed cobra in India. He was 350 kilometers from the nearest medical station and received massive amounts of damage to his taintal region. Based off of the necrotizing <laughs> venom of the taintal. cobra, it yeah. took... <laughs> it took... I'm obviously paraphrasing Forbes here. It took more than a year's worth of operations to not only save his life, but also to get his dick to work again. Oof. So, um, I am horrified of toilet snakes. Guys, go look up toilet snakes. It is, it is scary as shit, dude. Like, they're everywhere. And it's not just in, like, you know, Malaysia where you think it would occur. Because, yeah, p the pythons there will eat people per our giant snakes attacks, giant snake attacks episode. But, like, dude, it is an unsettling thing and I am terrified of them and I always check before I go. And yeah, that's even me living in Alamosa. Like, <laughs> ugh, no you, thank you. You're just trying to get me to not sit and take a shit for 45 minutes while I'm sitting on my phone and like browsing Reddit. That's what you, that's what this is. It's a PSA to get the fuck off my phone. <laughs> He's a squatter. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, um, Tommy and Rolo aren't good villains. Um, no, I maintain th they're lazy. They are. They're fine. They're lazy and they are victims of hubris. But like, I maintain, dude, take your cut by all means. Take the cut that you are owed by society that society says you're not allowed to take. Go take that cut. You do it. But you need to know how much cut to take. You still there, there buddy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he just got real quiet. I was like, Johnny? No, um, sorry, my, my phone yelled at me because I'm supposed to do my nightly meditation, and I'm like, no, fuck you, it's 5 o'clock and I don't care. <laughs> Please have another beer. That's your meditation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of cons. I, I guess my biggest con is I've been talking shit about this episode for two years of doing this podcast with you, and I didn't hate it as bad as I thought I would. But I also really feeling. didn't like it. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, we need to beat Lucky with a pipe. Yeah, that's all I got. Interesting. So I only have one big con in here, and it's that... I, Mark, have you ever known a full-size dog? So not like a, not like a medium-sized dog, like a Welsh Corgi, or like a... I don't know, a Cocker Spaniel, or like a tiny little rat bird, like a a terrier or a tequila dog like <laughs> have you ever known a, an actual full-sized fucking dog to live to 14 years old i don't think so but <laughs> lady bird is a geriatric pork chop so it's all right she really is so i looked it up the average lifespan of a bloodhound is 10 to 12 meaning getting to 13 is a fucking like miracle my mom had a 13 year old german shepherd and 
she sent in his birth certificate to the people that run the, the registry for German Shepherds and got a thing back that said, hey, congratulations, this is a thing. Like, making it to 13 wow. years old is a momentous occasion for German Shepherds. Ladybird being 14 means that she is just, like, archaic. This is this mm-hmm. is Hubert Farnsworth, like, without any of his pills, just crutching it up everywhere. Why? Why? There is no quality of life. How is Hank not, like, wiping Ladybird's ass every half second? Every time Ladybird's on screen, people should be wiping her ass. And when she's not, people should be saying, oh, God, where is she shitting now? Like, that is how old she is. <laughs> My con is that they are not making a bigger deal out of this because 14 years old is way too fucking old for a dog. Just take her out to the goddamn pasture and give her a nice, peaceful ending. Jesus. (laughs) That farm where they took Josh? Yes. God, I would settle for that incredibly brutal fucking ending for her. As long as I don't have to watch it. Anyway, that's my my only con for this episode, man. Other than, like, it jumps the shark, but it's... We all knew this, this... this whole premise was going to jump the shark. The second that snake went down the fucking toilet, it jumped the shark. I knew what I was in for. That happens less than five minutes into the episode. I think that's the not the problem, but I think that's it, right? Is like, you know exactly what's going to happen. By this point, yeah. we're into season 11. So either this is a great episode of King of the Hill that hits all the beats that it's supposed to and uses everybody the way that they're supposed to be used. Yeah. Or it's a shit episode of King of the Hill, and I'm not exactly sure where to come down on it, but yeah. Right. So, eh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got <laughs> I've got a retro rage for you. Ooh, okay, what you got? So, Dale mentions a couple of items in his backpack that he needs to be a snake hunter, one of which is a CD player. Guys, nobody, know, nobody knows what a CD player is anymore, let alone a portable one that you would have in your backpack. And he also mentions why is, iron... why is it a big deal that there's a CD player, Johnny? You can't bring those everywhere. And what's a CD player? Exactly. Uh, and my other one here is a personal ionizing air machine. I don't know the last time I smelled that weird ionized air anywhere, let alone on my person. So, yes. Be grateful, buddy. Rage. Be grateful. Why am I grateful for that? Because that ionized, I hate that ozone smell. Smells like lasers. I don't. I don't know. I... <laughs> no, it does smell like lasers. That's how I know I haven't smelled it in like ten years. That's what I'm saying. Like, be thankful, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you got favorite moments for me, buddy? Yeah, I got two. Um, number one, Mr. Gribble. It's a ridiculous name. I know. <laughs> Dale in the job interview. I kind of don't like what a pussy Dale is this week. Like, I get his like looking up to these guys, but. He's still one of the best exterminators in Arlen. Like he should, he, he should at least think that he's going. He's he's getting called up to the show. You know, that's all it is. Like, yeah, he's not like this with Janine Garofalo. Why is he like yeah. it with these two assholes? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but my other one is that it's during the montage when the snake guys are like trying to you know drive home the point of how dangerous this is. And they're just, there's just John Goodman, and he's got the rubber one, and he's waving it at the group of terrified kids, and they're screaming. <laughs> yeah, that's that is pretty good. <laughs> uh, how about you, buddy? Uh, I also have two that are different than yours. I have kill you later. Oh, what the hell? Grabs a rock and beats the <laughs> shit out of a squirrel. 
okay. we, we've got a lot of good Dale this week, I think. I also have his line of, do you think poop has ghosts? Just because <laughs> that is the most obscene thing that I, I think I've ever heard on King of the Hill. That's something I expect Gene Belcher to say. So, do do you? Do I think poop has ghosts? I really hope I don't not, know. Because I would feel terrible <laughs> for the sort of things I have mixed. <laughs> and it spells things in the poo. Oh, good God, yeah. Mark, we are to, we are to rating this. You want me to break it down? You want to break it down? Ah, take it away, buddy. Awesome. Well, at the very bottom of our rating system is a charcoal, and a charcoal episode is one that is an absolute failure. As it is such, it is deemed charcoal. The only thing it's good for is getting the soot underneath your, your boy's fingernails all dirty and making it feel icky and gross. It's an episode you're never going to watch again. It doesn't represent the show very well, and it's it's just not good. It's not fun to watch. Step up from that is a megalo, and a megalo is not much better. It's maybe got a little bit better of a writing structure, or maybe it's got a fun guest star that doesn't totally tank the shit out of the show. But a megalo is really kind of like a bronze tier. It's also not a very good representation of the show, and the only way, only way it's getting watched is if it's 2 a.m. and you're high off your ass. Uh, even then, you're probably not even going to watch most of it. It's just going to be on in the background while you're dicking around on your phone. After that's a butane. This is kind of our silver level, mid-level, eh, you know, basic episode of King of the Hill. It's not great. It's not the best, but it's also not the worst. It's not a megalo or a charcoal. You hate to love it. You love to hate it. That's been our tagline for 100 episodes now. Uh, guys, mm-hmm. a butane episode is in the middle somewhere. There's a lot of butanes in King of the Hill. There's a lot of butanes in a lot of TV shows. It just kind of is what it is. What makes it stand out from a butane is a Char King episode. These are our gold standards. Char Kings represent everything about King of the Hill that you love. It's got great characters. It's got a great fun through storyline. It's got an awesome guest star. Uh, it takes a, a standard sitcom trope and turns it on its head for a, a chance. You know, it does something really fun with the animation. Like, you get to see a character, a callback, or something that you didn't think we were going to ever see. Char Kings are fantastic, and they're great representations of King of the Hill. And when Mark and I both agree that something's a Char King, it becomes an Imperial. Imperials are just about the highest tier of King of the Hill episodes you can get. They're everything you could ever want out of a King of the Hill episode. You're just missing a little bit of context to fully appreciate it to its most extent. After that, we have our Blue Flame of Valor. This is our top tier, S tier, S rank, platinum status. A Blue Flame of Valor episode is the absolute best that there is to offer, not just of King of the Hill, but of TV. This is the type of episode that you show to somebody that you say, hey, I'm really into this TV show and I want you to I want you to give it a shot. Watch this episode. Watch that episode. Um, you know, for me, it's if I'm watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I tell people to go watch Charlie McDennis because it's in the middle of this series and it's a great representation of who every character is. Not to mention it's fun as hell. Um, we have a lot of blue flames here. Mark and I counted them last week and I honestly am too drunk and not paying enough attention to try and name off how many we had. <laughs> but guys, blue flame is it's the tippity top of the mountain here. So Mark, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, what did you give Sir Punt? Um, I give it a butane. It's not a bad episode. It gets a weird amount of hate because, yeah, it is annoying. It's also a rehash of multiple episodes, but 
it's kind of what I said before. Is this a really good episode of King of the Hill, or is it a really shit episode? I don't know. Everybody's used exactly how they should be used, other than I think Bobby's a little obnoxious, but whatever. Um, so really, it's it's a butane. Literal middle middle of the road. Love to hate it. Hate to love it. Okay. Yeah. What do you? What about you, man? Uh, I gave it a but king. So just a half a step oh, up from okay. you. Um, the ending here is brutal. I was not expecting to see the shadows of three men just beating a snake to death. Um, and that t- definitely <laughs> caught me off guard. I was really happy to see Dale get back to exterminating. I love episodes where we see Dale exterminating. Like, it- it's almost th- just that premise alone. If that's what the episode is about, I'm probably going to kick it up a notch. Um, it just kind of is what it is. I love our guest stars this week. I think they both kind of knock it out of the park. Like you said, they're not really villains here because we all have known somebody or have personally worked in an industry where you are not appreciated for what you do and you do not get paid Mm -hmm. enough. So we can all sympathize with their plight at the beginning here of, hey, you just want to get a little bit more recognition and a little bit more money from what you do. And you're definitely earned that. They just take it too far, which we've all also seen people do. That's the people that end up getting canned at your really shitty job. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting episode of King of the Hill. I really was not walking into this expecting to like it as much as I did, but I almost like this one more than the Bandit episode of Bobby. Like, this is a better Bobby Gets a Pet episode, I think. Um, better than to kill a ladybird. Yeah, it okay. is. And and I'm I'm I I almost want to say that I don't know if I can. I really don't, because if you put them up against each other, this is, that is a bad Bobby gets a pet, and there's not a lot of fun stuff going on, but you also get the, like, weird Dale subplot of him getting rabies, and yeah. God, is there some gold in that. Like, I it's love a good, It's a better that. Dale. This one is a better, well, I don't know. This one like, is a better Dale really is competent hard. episode. That one is a better Dale is insane episode. Yes. You almost have to watch them together to really appreciate them both for what they are. And it shows you a lot hmm. about Dale. Hey, we're going to watch both of those. Then we're going to watch the exterminator. That's the order in which you watch. Them. I think, yeah, <laughs> you know what? I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> that way, that way you no longer need the, that that turns the exterminator into a blue flame for me because you have the, all the context <laughs> in the world you need for Dale Gribble after those two episodes. Um, yeah. So I gave right it a you King like man. That. Okay, I, cool. I, I didn't think I was going to get that high on this episode, but I just, I enjoyed it. It was kind of a nice refresh. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, right on. Well, should we uh, flush on over to our next episode, buddy? Oh, man, am I ready. Well, this is episode 204, Blood and Sauce. Original air date February 18th, 2007. Written by Dan McGrath. Mark? This week's episode has a cast of characters that include Hank, Peggy Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boom Howard, Nancy Gribble, Buck Strickland, Joe Jack, non-speaking role of Lane Prattley, that horse's ass, Ted Wasanasong, <laughs> Khan Subanusimpone, John Redcorn, also a non-speaking role, and the triumphant return of the single greatest tertiary character in King of the Hill history, Gilbert Fontaine de la Tour d'Autrie. Mark, real simple synopsis for you. Bill has a family reunion this week. 
A story characters, Bill, Bobby, Gilbert, eh, Hank, if you really want to. Uh, let's let's just jump right into it. Holy shit, have I been waiting for this? Oh man, have I been waiting for this episode? Well, I want you notes, to give bud. me your notes, but first, well, okay. I, I want you to start, but first, I'm going to tell you what Dan McGrath wrote. Um, recently, we thank saw you, him in um, Caretaking Care of Business with Pretty Pretty Chuck Chuck, uh, mm-hmm. Girl You'll Be Giant Soon, uh, Living on Reds, Propane, and Vitamin C, the Hank is a Trucker episode. Yep. Be True to Your Fool and Full Metal Dust Jacket. Wow. Dan McGrath. <laughs> Woo. Thank you, buddy. Mm-hmm. There's some There's some good shit in there. There's a sleeper in there that because you and I were not expecting to like living on Reds as much as we did, and God, that came out with like a almost an imperial with us, right? I don't remember. That was the last time I got drunk on the podcast because <laughs> I was fucking <laughs> shit housed. <laughs> oh, that's I had to like you were. I had to like stop and kind of tell myself like, all right, you need to not drink so goddamn. That but I also think that was we when we were still Rocket doing. Fuel. Yeah, but that, also that was um. I think that was back when we were doing uh, two-a-days, too, and I had just gotten off work, and I was, like, beat to shit. That could be. Could be. Because hey, you were, way, you were I... here in America, so we were on, like, human time, but... <laughs> yes. I just remember you and I liked that way more than either of us expected, especially for a Christmas episode. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Notes here. Uh, first one, I already got the warm and fuzzies. Literally just, like, just the opening bit of Dale going, yep. I'm good. This is this is what I do with my son. Is this is how I'm gonna pass on tradition, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that. And I'm like, oh my god, I know what's happening. I know what's gonna happen. It got me really, <laughs> really excited. Also, I do not remember that opening very much. The idea that Dale wants Joseph to kill a rat named after himself is kind of fucked up, but very much on point <laughs> with Dale. It's great. Yeah. Um, the guy at the genealogy place is kind of a dickhead, but I had to stop and remind myself that Ancestry.com and DNA testing hadn't really kicked off yet, and I looked it up. Ancestry.com started doing their own DNA testing in 2012, so five years from this point. Um, You could still do the genealogy thing where you would go back and they would scour records for shit, but they didn't do the actual DNA testing stuff where you, like, spit in a tube and send it to them until 2012. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to talk to the good people of the podcast about probably arguably the best thing I have eaten in the last year and a half, almost two years. And that is the triple pork sandwich that I had in Kansas City when you and I went to go see Tenacious. Oh, man, that thing was a monster. Yeah. I, I tell everyone about this. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it fucking five times at this point. I know Jessica has. Um, I, hell, as far as I know, the, the listeners already have, but guess what? You're going to hear about it again because this whole episode is about barbecue in, in, its, in its like soul. That's what it's about. And guys, the way to make a barbecue sandwich is to in fact make it with smoked ham, pulled pork, and bacon, and you smother that fucker in good Kansas City barbecue sauce and put it on a bun that's not going to fall apart in your hands. Every single day of the week, I would eat that, and three weeks later, I would die of happiness. It would be incredible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I don't remember exactly where it was, but Mark and I, you and I, 
ate at, uh, it was a restaurant that was right by their like train depot. Um, it looked kind of shishi. It wasn't too terribly expensive. I think we both got out of there for about 25 bucks a piece. Didn't break the bank yeah, by any I, means. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, I'm trying to, it's, it was something bar, something like black bar or something or bar black stock or. So the, I'm trying the to look before, it up now. The night before this, guys, we had gone to see Tenacious D. And right before the concert, Mark and I went, well, we're in Kansas City. We got to go get some barbecue. And we looked up a place, had great ratings on Google, showed up, and it was lackluster. Very plain, just not very good. The sauce wasn't solid. Like, dry as shit. Was dry. It was bad. You know what? I'm going to come out and say it was just bad. Like, it was not dry good. brisket. Um, so just I had almost lost dry my sausage. How do you dry sausage out, man? Like uh, exactly. the place that we were talking about, though, was uh, Jack Stack Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jack you. Stack Barbecue. We know you're not listening, but if you are, we are tagging you this week because you're the best goddamn barbecue Johnny and I have ever had. Hot damn! It's anybody that's in the KC area, please chime in and let us know if somehow Mark and I got this completely fucking wrong, and the place by the Lego store is actually pretty good. But it was terrible, and we went to this place the next day, and it blew my fucking mind how much different it was in such a good way. And that would be um, that would be Burnt Ends Barbecue in the Crown Center, and yeah, they get a zero out of one for me because they sucked. Yeah, they were so bad, so bad. Maybe yeah. it was just a bad, I don't know. Maybe it was a bad batch. Maybe it was just a bad serving people. Like, I don't know. You and I were nice. It was a handful of people there. Is what it is. Yeah. Um, Doesn't matter. We Because we got the better one, and it was Jack Stack. Go to the Jack Stack, guys. Oh, my God. Yes. So, regardless, uh, guys, we're talking about barbecue. And with that, uh, I wanted to notice, or I wanted to see if you noticed a callback in this episode, Mark. When Bill has okay. to make his second batch, and he's going to make it for his investors, not for his quote-unquote family members. There's a specific truck that pulls outside of his house. Did you notice what was written on the side? Larson Pork Products. Larson Pork Products, man. How cool is that? Like, yeah. oh, that makes me happy. It makes me wonder, what I, is I'm it, glad the they're still around. You what? I was going to say, it makes me wonder if, if uh, Bill ended up getting, I think it's called the G5, right? That was the name of his, his experimental pig that just like weighed 800 pounds <laughs> and could barely support itself. I like to think that Bill, like, is a purist, and he's just like, no, I'll just take a regular piggy. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, my last note in here is, good God, I want pork ribs now. Like, really bad. <laughs> I really want barbecue, guys, and it doesn't exist in this fucking country. I can get sausage. That's fine, but I don't want sausage. I want barbecue sauce and smoked ribs. Holy shit. Oh, Mark, give buddy. me your notes. Ugh. Well, number number one, my first note, which is kind of funny, I took ribs out of the fridge after watching this one, and I'm going to smoke them today. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> Have an extra one for me. I'll, I'll just do a second rack and just, like, try and, like, transport, like, spiritually to you. Um, <laughs> all right, you. notes. Here we go. Um Damn, John, you've hyped this one up so much, I am legit worried I'm not going to like it because you know what a contrarian asshole I am. Yes. <laughs> um, Joseph is 13, question mark? Fuck you, TV show. Fuck you. Just, <laughs> I don't know. When did, okay, okay, so I guess my bigger problem is here. 
We saw Joseph not being 13 or turning 13 and I don't want to wait when he comes back from the summer and they're having his birthday party. And they're it's a boy Bobby's girl par- party. It's a Yeah, well no, but I'm thinking of the hanky panky party and they're like Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it wasn't a birthday party. Maybe it was just a party party. I don't know. But still, dude, like I just remember I the Bobby know. line I, of I'm not going to sneak you into any PG-13 movies if you keep acting like this. Right. And that was four years ago. I don't, whatever. I don't care. Lady Bird is 13. Joseph is 13. Just, I wish that, I really just don't like it when they call out age in this show because it just kind of throws a wrench into anything at all. But whatever. Um, I'm already over this episode 30 seconds in when we watch Bill start pant loading. I'm just so lonely. And I, I just had to stop. I hit pause. I stood up. I took a rack of ribs out. And I was like, just do it. Just take a minute. Take a beat. Pour some more coffee. It's all right. And I was just over it. Um, to you, Pursuant to your note about the jerk at the genealogy place, Bill should know about Google. Because I imagine yes. that the first thing that Bill did was start looking at porn on Google. No, it's Yeah, he's, he is the porn aficionado of Rainy Street. Despite a judge telling Hank he really knows his pornography. Despite it being a matter of record. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, so how come Bill didn't get a respondez-vous, s'il vous plaît? Non! Absolument non! He didn't even wait. Didn't even wait to see if anyone was going to show up, and he ought to know better. And I just wanted to yeah. yell at Bill and Cajun, but... Yeah. Um, let's say you have a kid. What recipe are you going to pass down to him? Me personally? Mm-hmm. What's something you would make that you would like show your boy or girl how to make? My mac and cheese. Okay. Okay. Uh, more specifically, my mac and cheese burrito, but uh, specifically the way I prepare mac and cheese. Um, because I like, I, guys, I'm a pretty basic bitch when it comes to, to most foods. And I am. The, mac and cheese is included in that. It's it, As long as you don't fuck up the cheese sauce and your macaroni is cooked the correct way, it's really hard to beat that. Um, but I like craft deluxe mac and cheese where the, the macaroni is just past al dente. I don't like fucking sticky, chewy, um, noodles and any of that shit. Um, but I almost always dump a can of, uh, hatch green chilies into it. And if I'm oh, feeling really okay. frisky, I also like doing a little bit of taco meat into it. Like t- just browned taco beef. Um, okay. Cause it, it just, it, it's a little bit something extra to stick to your fucking ribs. And if I'm feeling even friskier, you take all of that and you throw it into a burrito with hot Takis and some sour cream dollops and roll it up and eat it like the giant colossal fat ass that you are. When, when did you do time in prison, Johnny? I, I didn't. I just found, an, I, I found a new meal between breakfast and brunch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, what about you, man? You got you have a recipe that you want to give your kids, and please say it's your steak because you bout you cook probably the best steak I think I've ever eaten in my whole life, and you do it consistently. Oh, you get out of here with that. No, I actually no, sell my turkeys. I take great pride in my turkey. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just the you know I've talked about it on here before. I won't rehash the recipe, but. Suffice to say, if you guys aren't cooking your turkey in two hours, you ain't doing it right. Do the Alton Brown method. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so all artists, writers, whatever, generally have one point to make. Dan McGrath is that you cannot make barbecue unless you're using wood and not propane. Um, and I say this because we saw him make this point in Girl, You'll Be Giant Soon. Okay. When Hank is protesting the uh, barbecue cook-off and they're like, you're going to do barbecue with propane? You can't. Yeah. You just can't do it. And I like that they didn't, that they made the choice to not put Hank in here going, well, Bill, how come you're not using propane? Like, it's exactly made a good choice there. Yeah. Yes. I like to, I like to imagine that Hank has finally fucking learned that mesquite and like smoke is a thing. Um, it only took him since Westy side story to try to, to shut mouth and open mouth and figure it out. But I, <laughs> I have to imagine by now it has finally sunk in. That with certain things, barbecue especially, you need the smoke. You can't, but you know, too, you can't, like, smoke a steak. That's not going to come out, you know? That'd be gross. Right. So, yeah, like, find a hill, die on that hill, and then you're the king of that hill, but it ain't every single <laughs> hill. Um, Final point, Peggy's birthday is February the 7th. Not the 17th, and clearly not in summertime whenever the hell this episode takes place, and Bill ought to known better. Right. That's just me being an asshole. Um, you got some pros, buddy? Oh, boy, do I. Oh, boy, do I. Uh, first oh pro here, Boomhauer just absolutely, like, substitution jutsuing out of the out of the way when Hank needs help with Bill in the beginning. He turns to Boomhauer, and he is just gone. Just, like, vanished. Completely fucking gone. Huge pro right there, because Boomhauer doesn't want to deal with that shit. And besides, that's Hank's job anyway. Everybody knows it. Um, God, cooking is such a good fit for Bobby. If we're going to future postulate on what Bobby needs to be doing in the, the reboot, I want it cooking. I want him to do something with food. Like, I really yeah. want it to do something with food. I want him to run his own, like, food truck. I want him to have his own, like, little greasy spoon where he only cooks with propane or some shit as, like, an homage to his dad. I don't know. I, but God, Bobby needs to be cooking. He is a great cook. Um, mm -hmm. I really appreciate that this is like a pseudo callback to Goodbye Normal Jeans because we already know that Bobby's a good cook. We already know that Hank has no problem if he is cooking and not baking because he is he eats Bobby's pot roast. He eats his turkey. He eats his, what is it, Swedish meatballs or something in that episode. Has no problem with anything that's Kettle not corn. baking. He, yeah, he doesn't want Bobby baking, but he does not care whatsoever if he's cooking. And almost like, like almost gets a weird boner for him to get into barbecue. And it's like, why isn't Hank more into this? This is like everything. All it has to deal with is meat. And that is Hank's bread and butter. Pun not intended. Like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? You'd think that he yeah. would just really like latch on to this, especially because we're eventually going to see how good Bobby is at identifying good meat versus bad meat. Such good mm -hmm. shit. Next pro, Gilbert with the guys in the alley and his adieu de Claire. I think he has <laughs> the best, like, addition into the yup, yup, mm-hmm. Because everybody has their own way of, of adding into it. You know, they always address it when somebody else joins them in the alley. They go, like, they get their own little catchphrase or somebody says, and they make notice of, oh, it's my turn. Yup, 
you know, they'll say something to that effect. Short of Luann cracking a beer at 12.01 on her birthday and saying yep in the alley, which is about the most adorable fucking thing in the world, Gilbert's I do declare, and then they just keep going. Perfect. Absolutely okay. perfect for me. Um, This episode is a very good twist for me. Bill, he is known for dragging people down with him, right? He is mm-hmm. in a sad mood. He brings everybody else down with him. He needs everybody's help. I'm he with Cupid. Everybody's assistant. Uh, I'm with Cupid is a perfect example of this. Um, he took Bobby and and like basically hyperfixated him on what could have been and what could still be and turned him into a gigantic pant load. This is the mm-hmm. bill that we have known that hasn't grown and everything else, right? And then mm-hmm. we gave him a little bit of confidence with Laoma. And we're going to give him a little bit more confidence with uh, Governor Richards and this and that and this and that. Even with um, the Harmonaholics, we get these flashes of Bill, of where he is confident and he's not bringing people down with him. He's bringing them up with him. Like he's 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 rising to the occasion and he is engaging into something that that is really awesome. And with this episode here, Bill could have called Bobby out right away. When Bobby just ditched him and went, nope, I am not helping you build this barbecue pit. But he didn't say a word. He didn't say anything to it. He just kind of let it happen because he's like, cool, Bobby's Bobby will find his own way back to this if he really is interested in it. That's fine. It's not my place. I really don't give a shit. I need I, I did all this for my family, not for him anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And then when Bobby comes back to him, he says, cool. You know what? You, 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 you You've essentially come to me at hand. You acknowledge that you fucked up. You left me. You ditched me the last time, but you do want to help now. I'm telling you right now, it's still not easy. Even though the barbecue pit's already already made, like this is not an easy recipe to do. As is evidenced by later in the episode where Bobby looks like he's basically been strung out on crack for uh, three solid days. And Bill's <laughs> like, he only passed out twice and he tended the pit for 20 straight hours. It's great. <laughs> this is such a good episode. And I'm, I'm rounding this pro out with, Bill is building Bobby up in this episode. He is not bringing anyone else down with him, and he has every opportunity to. When you stop and think about this episode, it's representative of the fact that Gilbert is the only member of his family that exists anymore. There is no one else that he can literally say is blood-related to him. He has no children. He has no wife. He has no more in-laws. He has one angry, drunk, bitter gay man that lives in New Orleans. That is it. That is the last of the Dotrieve line. And what does he do with it? Like, this is a perfect cha- perfect chance for Bill to, to wallow and become a giant pant load. But instead, he, he says, I've got something really cool, and I've got somebody that wants to learn it with me. He takes that opportunity to teach Bobby as if he's his own kid. And so he builds him up. And to me, that is like one of the most beautiful things that Bill has ever done. Wow, that was like five minutes of me rambling, and I am so sorry. Holy shit. Not at um, all, dude. You're passionate. Passion. Fuck. Passion. <laughs> My last pro in here, and I hope that you have this written down too. Hot damn, is it nice to see Strickland getting a taste of his own filthy fucking medicine because Gilbert makes him feel so uncomfortable in that last exchange, and it is so <laughs> satisfying to see. Buck Strickland, fuck you. You deserve it. Mark, 
Those are my pros. I'm going to take a drink. I'm going to let you get a word in edgewise here. Oh, boy. Can you tell I like this episode? I can. I can. It, it, it is refreshing to hear you so horned up here. It's nice to hear you be excited about a thing without this, like, friggin' ambiguity that we've had so much lately. Not like, I don't know, man. I really like Hank's bullying. Are we the problem? Like, you just genuinely love a thing, and that's... That's if nothing else, that is nice. Yeah, this this episode to me is is one of the like cornerstones of Bill. You cannot watch Bill episodes and like you can't make a top three Bill episodes without including this one in it. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? So, like, I also think yeah. um, per be true to your fool, Dan McGrath kind of knows how to write Bill. Yes. He knows how to not turn Bill into... Like, he, he can accept that Bill is a pant load, but one that is redeemable. Yeah. Yeah, That there. okay. There you go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Redeemable Hot load. damn. <laughs> um, he yeah. is redeem-a-load. Ew. That sounds so gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, pros. Guys, Steve bumper McGrew stickers is- incoming. Please don't. No, 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 no. Please don't. No, 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 no. Um, pros. Steven Root does an amazing job this week. Um, Bill is multidimensional. Yeah, I bitched about him, you know, insta-loading, in, insta-pant-loading in the alley. I'm just so lonely. Okay, whatever. Yep. But, like, he's excited. There's the bit about, like, I've got, you know, I've got 86 people coming. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to buy six pigs. I got to buy those little things. What are they called? Oh, my God. Napkins. Um... Um, I like when we get to see Stephen Root speak French because he does it very, very well. Like yes, his Cajun is really good. Yeah, he's impressive anyway. Like it was like when we got horned up in um, oh uh, the con one, uh, deconstructing Henry, and uh, he's yelling on the phone about the suspension on his bike in French. It's like, damn, dude, Toby Huss, right on, man. But like, yeah. dude, Stephen Root really kills it this week. Um, and then to that end, David Herman is just good all around in this show. We always say blue flame of valor to David Herman, but ooh, it's weird to see it's weird to see David Herman not just like offhandedly voicing a B character. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I, like so, we get a full serving here. We we oh, get a yeah. full rack of dotrieve, and then we get like a side serving of some uh uh David Herman sausage. We absolutely do. I think it, it says something to how much he has connected with this character that when you and I got a cameo from him, I didn't tell him what characters to use. He just used the ones I think that people most know him from this show. And who did we get? We got Jimmy fucking Wichard, which is incredible. And we got Gilbert. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that is some of his most requested because he is so fucking good as as both of them, but so good as Gilbert. God, yeah. I just... Yeah. God, Blue Flame, man. Yeah, absolutely. He does a great job. Um, My French isn't that good, but I'm pretty sure that according to Uncle Honoré, uh, shortcuts taste like dog shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chien Merit. I'm pretty sure that means... I know Chien is a dog and Merit is shit, but I'm pretty sure that Mart is some variation therein and my point to all this is i really like when they sneak in swears in other word in other languages i just think that's great i anytime that happens like you're a bro vox penis yeah exactly um (laughs) yeah (laughs) um 
when they are lighting the barbecue pit with the page of good news, um, did you see the little headline in the corner there? I did not. What did it say? Headline come over causes controversy. And I just, (laughs) it's great. (laughs) I don't know what it means. And there's a picture of a dude that kind of looks like, um, um, the comb over guy. And I forget now, now I'm fucking blanking, John. Who has the comb over? And he's like hiding it. Donald oh my god, I'm totally blanking. No, 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 no. It's a, it's in an episode. Holloway, uh, Hashaway, um, Nate Hashaway, yeah, yeah. And it looks just like Nate Hashaway. Stand like it, that picture looks just like Nate Hashaway. And I like to think that that's what happened next is someone called him out and started a big fight. I like um, that. Um, side pro. We can build the pit. No, I was going to let Bobby do it. <laughs> Peggy really pissed Hank off off screen, and as punishment, she's got to clean out Bill's bathroom. And remember, this is Bill's house. <laughs> also, can I sidebar for half a second and talk about how hot Please. cleaning, cleaning um, Nancy is? Like, with her hair all pulled up like that? Cleaning Nancy is hot. Yeah, absolutely. It was distracting this week. <laughs> you, you're just horny, buddy. Is that the problem? My squirmy? Horny. Oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I would good. never I call you squirmy. Like, no. I took care of myself <laughs> oh. like 20 minutes before we uh, before we started recording, man. We're good. Please stop reading my script. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um those are my pros i know you gotta have them what are your cons um i've really only got one here and it was i'm listening to the main plot devices through this and uh guys if you haven't watched the episode yet i guess i'm gonna spoil it for you um gilbert sold sold the family land in in louisiana like, he sold the Dotrieve estate that we saw in Beer Can Named Desire, which is a giant chunk of land with a huge fucking house because Aunt Esme mm-hmm. died and Cousin Violetta died. Um, mm-hmm. So, Gilbert sold the, the land. He is now starting a periodical for poetry and arts and letters, as he will. Um, but he sold his family land and has an issue with Bill selling his own shit and yet he offers Bill none of the money he got from the sale of the family land or that he'll get from the periodical. That's my issue here. Bill doesn't get a cut from any of that shit and then is told, hey, you're a piece of shit for wanting to sell this barbecue recipe. What the hell, Gilbert? Mm-hmm. Like, what the absolute hell? I, it's not like a con on the writers. It's just a, Gilbert, I'm supposed to like you. Like, you're you're supposed to be a complex character. But right now you just look like a greedy, horny piece of shit. And I know okay. you're more you've okay. got more levels. You you're like a goddamn onion. You've got more layers than that. So that's that's the only con I've got for this episode, though, is that Gilbert sold the family land and Bill always needs money. That dude blows his money on fucking everything. If Gilbert sold them and he is literally the one of two people left, why the fuck didn't Gil- Bill get a wow, Gil? Why didn't Bill get a cut of that? <laughs> Because it went all to that stupid magazine. Like, that's it. Well, then why doesn't Bill get some some sort of, like, publishing rights in that? What's he going to do? 
How lonely am I, Lenore? The wind blows through the trees, and I hear it whisper, Lenore. The iguana runs away with my heart. I named her Lenore. What are you going to, come on. Then What's my teeth do? fell out. <laughs> and then my teeth fell out. Lenore. <laughs> my muse Peggy was there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, cons, Marky. What do you got for me? <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, I'm going to start writing Dotrieve haiku. Hey, listeners, watch out for incoming Dotrieve haikus, and feel free to join in on our Twitter, Dangle Podcast at Twitter. Um, we know Bobby can bake. Multiple times can Bobby be seen baking. Um, yes. You called it out as a pro, and I'm calling it out as a con with um, Goodbye Normal Jeans, but also with the Arrow Girl cookie episode, and he makes better yes. cookies than the Arrow Girls. With the double and- butter. Oh my god, you want to talk about rehashing a bit that is stupid and doesn't need to be... This is the best you got? Is Bobby's baking and it makes Hank... Fuck you. Fuck you, Dan McGrath. Fuck you, Hank. <laughs> that, that bit really pissed... It really pissed me off, I'm not gonna lie. Um, It's 2007. Why is Bill's list printed on dot matrix paper? Because Bill is ancient, dude. The genealogist didn't have it? The genealogist didn't print it out for him? Yeah, probably not, honestly. Like I understand that it makes it more impressive to see a gigantic list like that, but like still, I, I just whatever, okay. Uh he borrowed Peggy's um, K Pro, that's why. Because that's who has her K Pro now that she has an iMac. But why would Bill pr- I, okay, whatever. Why would Bill print it? Like Okay, it's whatever. I don't, I don't know. know. Um I really don't like Buck's involvement in this because why is Buck there? Because Buck already knows plenty about barbecue. Like, Sugarfoot's is still a thing. We know that Peggy didn't tank it. We saw Sugarfoot's a couple seasons ago. Like, it still exists. Yes. It's it's still a thing. Buck knows plenty about barbecue. This is stupid. Did we just forget that barbecue is a thing? It's an institution to tell you what, like, oh my god, go back to High Anxiety Kids and listen to how much Hank loves fucking sugarfoots like um i think that almost speaks to just the the quality that bill's bill's barbecue is compared to sugarfoots like i mean if buck knows that sugarfoots is good and it's an institution that it makes him money because it I'm, i'm sure it does that should speak volumes to just how much better bill's is I'm not like maybe saying that you're wrong and getting I, but it's mad also that te- he's But this in is this, also but... Texas bar like this is Texas barbecue too. Like and I know like there's yeah. different, you know, genres therein. But like so Buck isn't recognizing the skill. He's recognizing that he needs money because Ray Roy is gonna get a competent attorney maybe someday, <laughs> just kinda sorta. God, like we're gonna So meet it's not Ray even Roy like soon. Uh, yeah, we are. But this isn't even predicated on, like, Bill's ability. I'm not trying to take away from Bill being a good cook. No, yeah. But, like, you know, it's... I don't really understand why it's so important, I guess. It's just Buck is trying to make more money. And I bet you he needs to recoup his losses from, um... Um... Uh, um... Not Spuddies. Splashy Splashy. What the hell was the car watch called? Scrubbies. There you are, Scrubbies. I knew it was a, something with an S and a Y in there. But, like, I I just, I don't know. I don't like it. It's lazy It's lazy writing, and it's like, of course Ted's going to get in on it. I just, I don't know. I think it's really lazy writing, I'll be honest. Um, okay. 
Sorry. I know I know how much you love it. No, no. Also, we forgot that Bill already makes barbecue per um Escape from Party Island when he makes that whole gigantic barbecue party for uh Peggy cuz Hank left her for the old ladies. It's a right. stupid bit. It's a cringy throwaway bit, but he still does it. So it's like this isn't some newly discovered talent. Like this this is um this is Bill's like competitive eating skill coming out as like so wait, he's good at eating, so he can be competitive. So wait, he's good at barbecue. Like just because Bill chooses to live like a pantload doesn't mean he's without talent. And I think that's my biggest problem here is we're just like expecting to forget about so much in this episode. And I'm okay. sorry, man. And maybe it's me. Maybe it's me because I've watched all of this the way that I've been watching it, but I can't forget about it. Like we forgot about a lot of continuity here throughout. Again, the whole bit of like Hank and the he's baking. Shut up. That's why do okay so you know I think that's my problem too. Why do we need that bit? Why does Hank need to get hor- why do we need to see Bobby baking in the first place? Like, can't we just I say that like the boy needs direction? Anything else? Yeah. Like, maybe that's it. Okay, okay, okay. So here we go. I'm sorry. I'm gonna kind of take this one apart a little bit because I'm getting a little bit horned up because I got into my sake because it's after 9 a.m. and I can now legally drink <laughs> per my code of honor rules. But like, so. It starts off with Dale, you know, I'm going to train him in the family trade. Okay, cool. So there can be a bit there where, like, Hank is like, well, Bobby doesn't want to do propane. What the hell am I going to pass on to my boy? And then he can see this as, like, even if I'm not passing on, it's still something that Bobby can do. Do that. Right. I just get so sick of seeing Hank like, oh, here's one thing my boy's into and I hate it. And it's like, we've seen him do it before. We get it. We get it. You're afraid of baking. It'll make him gay, Hank. We fucking get it. But, like. Yeah. Shit, man. I don't. Okay, I'm done bitching about it. I apologize. Take a beat. <sighs> well, no, it is that's that is the bad part about them retreading the waters of goodbye normal jeans because that is the whole first like first third of that episode is him being uncomfortable with the idea of Bobby like learning to cook, and then yeah. he gets over it really fast and then embraces it when he realizes that Bobby's a good cook. Like we've already treaded this. This is this is not unfamiliar waters. So why does this need to be your way of, of getting him into this? Um, but it's also honestly, the point you made that Bobby is, like, Bobby is tangentially good at food. Like, in the reboot, God, give Bobby a food truck. Please make Bobby a cook. Do anything where Bobby is, yeah. you know, yeah, do that because that's where we know that Bobby can shine. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's It gets on my nerves a little bit, I guess. And maybe so, I'm getting more horned up than I need to be, but... Well, no, like, I want to pose a question to you that, it, that if anything, it's I think it's going to validate what where your con is coming from here. And it's that if you took out the entire scene that has Bobby making a cake, right? If you took out that entire yeah. scene of Hank getting upset with him and just omitted it from this mm-hmm. episode, but had Bobby show up with everybody else to help Bill with with the stuff, like like with, with, uh, with the barbecue and everything else, and just Hank going, hey, that's... You know, I know my boy is into cooking. Sure, why the hell not? Like, you can just imply it and infer it from goodbye normal genes. There is the background for it already. Mm -hmm. If you just omit that scene completely, does this episode make it... Is it better? Like, if you cut that 30 seconds out of this episode, does it make it better? It helps. I think it goes a long way to helping, but then it leads me to my next con here with Hank and his barbecue bullshit with Bobby. Like... He told Bobby to go help Bill build the barbecue, right? God, that's a lot of bees. Right. Um, 
Sorry. <laughs> yes, it is. You told him to go help him, and then, you know, did you use the McLaren method or the whatever the hell, whatever. He calls Macaulay. out two obscure-ass names about brick stacking. Thank you. Thank you. He calls out the two names. <laughs> Bobby doesn't know. Bill totally covers for him because Bill understands, like... I am I, also appreciative of Bill being sympathetic to Bobby because he knows what an overbearing dick Hank can be. But, yeah. like, I get really... There's no way in hell that Hank can think that Bobby has any responsibility or any hand in the creation of this meat. So, like... And it just keeps happening. And it's like... It's okay, so I think this is my problem. Hank... and Okay, so... Okay, how do you do this? Hank is a sub one in here to a certain extent. Anytime Hank is eating, he's a sub one and we need to tie it back to how Bobby didn't help the first time and whatever. But then Bobby does go back and yes, that is crucial to the plot. So like, I understand it, but I just hate the, I just hate Hank in this episode. Like, I don't know. It's a almost more than Gilbert. I would say, I understand where Gilbert is coming from. Like, you know, all right. I guess I don't to an extent. I don't know. Like, I I understand to an extent, but like at the same time too, he's like, you know, he even calls out, "This was made by our forebearers. They were proud planters and their manservants, etc." So he's basically coming down and saying, "Yeah, nah, a bunch of like indentured servants and slaves helped make this barbecue recipe, <laughs> and yeah. we totally co-opted it. Cool, whatever. Just totally gloss over that because you know." <laughs> we're just not going to talk about it because you know that Jill Barrett be do. like, we never, oh, we never had any indentured men on our property. But you know that Jill Barrett like diddled the manservant one time or t- another. He he pulled the old Arnold Schwarzenegger at least once, but like, he I just his servants. Briefly. I don't know I, him briefly in the broom closet. Um, I don't know. Whatever it. It just sticks with me. It sticks in my craw. I, but then at the, but then at the, uh, at the, uh, on the other hand of the, co- or the other side of the coin, I genuinely do enjoy watching Bobby and Bill cooking together. And I don't know why we can't just kind of do that more than like, whatever Hank is doing, it's Hank's fault that this happens. Like, it's Hank's fault that like, you know, oh, I brought the investors here, and had those people not been there, no one would have said anything. Gilbert could have gone to Austin, and you know molested the new poet he was looking into, but right. we didn't. Instead, he had to get Buck involved. Why would Hank get Buck involved in anything? Hank is still up on Buck's dick. I just... It's a good episode of King of the Hill if you never watched an episode of King of the Hill, I guess, but I've watched a lot of episodes of King of the Hill, 204 of them at this point, and goddamn, it, I got a lot of problems with it. I, I'm i okay. sorry. I'm raging. I, hey, hey, hey. No. I'm Cajun, buddy. I'm a raging Cajun. You are um, raging Cajun. Raging. You raging, bro. Um, Bring me back down. Give me your favorite moments because I know that you got a handful, right? I've got right, three right, buddy? of them right. in here. Three of them. So I mentioned one already, and it's the fact that the animators paid attention and, like, they made a special model for Bobby to just be like all crack addicty after tending the pit for twenty hours. Like I <laughs> love that anim. That's an animation style I want to buy. I know it doesn't exist because they were in digital at this point, but hot damn, do I want like drugged out Bobby's eyes from that? Like, good god, <laughs> it's perfect, so good. Um, next one here. It they're all pretty much any Gilbert line is very good in this, but there's some that really, really stick out to me. And the first one here is the family tree can safely be cut down and used for our coffins. And I like that line because holy shit, do I want to say that to my family, knowing that my, my official line of family will die with my family. 
Um, there are yeah. four males that potentially could have had our our last name. Three of us still currently do. One of them decided to take his dad's name instead. Um, is what it is. My older brother will never have kids. I can guarantee you. He's almost 40 fucking years old. He'll be 40 this year. He's never having fucking kids. He oh, wow. had a pseudo-adopted daughter okay. once with his ex-wife, and she never took his name. So it was like, cool. That is what it is. Cool. He's never having kids. Um, I am never having kids. My wife and I made that decision like two years ago. We literally had medical procedures to to fix that shit. We're not going into detail there. I was going to say, younger, that, that decision was kind of taken out of your hands, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. And my younger brother, I'm 99% sure, unless it's a freak accident and he just decides, yep, this is going to be a thing, he has made the choice also to not have kids. My family fucking line is dying with me. Like, it is dying, and we can officially cut down that tree and just say, cool, this whole limb can now be chopped up and used for our coffins. That is what it is. I That is such a weird, impactful line, dude. And I'm like, it's yeah. leave it to fucking Gilbert and, like, this aristocracy from fucking New Orleans to say that shit. But, Mark, I know, I know you know what my favorite moment here is. My last one. Is, it's all in caps. Is it chocolate sandwich cookies? Double stuffed chocolate sandwich cookies? Jack Hughes! <laughs> oh, good Lord, please tell me how hard that spiked for you when you edit this. Oh, my God. I will. I'll take a picture. <laughs> I say Jack Hughes so much to my lady. So much. Guys, there is not, there is not a single moment of Gilbert on screen that I don't absolutely love. And he is a terrible fucking person in half this episode. He is not nice to his cousin. He is very obstinate and shit. He is just downright disgusting when he shares hankies with that fucking bum. But you know what? I will die on the hill that he is the single greatest fucking secondary character in this show. Anybody else who disagrees with me can fucking fight. Mark, what are your favorite moments? You, right now, you, the, the fucking boner you have, I can hear it. It's amazing. It's impressive. It's turgid. I'm proud of you, buddy. It's your fucking rack stack of barbecue right there, Jack. Tell you what. Passion. Um, <laughs> um, believe it or not, I did not write a favorite moment out here, but I can tell you offhand that it is the little bit when Bill comes back and Bobby goes, I put Cayenne in under... Whatever he says, cayenne, cayenne with the brown, brown sugar, sugar or something. Yep. Yeah, for the which glaze. should be pretty standard barbecue fare, but whatever. Bobby figured it out on his own, and I really like that. But, like, um, and Bill tastes it, and he goes, oh, that's good. Oh, that's really good. And he gets really excited, and there's a little moment, and he and Bobby goes, well, you could call this your sugar and spice. And Bill's like, well, we're not doing that anymore. And then Bobby kind of looks down, and then Bill takes a beat. And realizes, no, you know what? I am the master of my own destiny, and I'm not about to, like, shoot this boy's dreams in the head. So, I, I like that little bit. It's a good bit between the two. Um, and then I like the little bit of, you can pass this on to your own, to your son. And I like that, too. It's It kind of drives home that idea of, like, family doesn't mean shit. You make your own family. You know, you can't pick yes. your family, but you also make your own family after a certain point. And, like, sure, the Doe Tree line is gone. But, you know, like... 
It's what you pass on to others that will cement your legacy. It's why you and I are doing this pot. Well, maybe not why, but you know, one day I'll be dead long before you and people can still come back to this and go, wow, this Mark guy was really angry, but he had some solid points. And (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I just, yeah, I like that idea. I like Bill being worried about a legacy and then realizing it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. A legacy doesn't matter. Legacies don't mean shit because nobody's going to remember unless you're like, you know, one of the quote unquote great men of history that are real pieces of shit. But like at the same time you can pass on ideas, you know, like, and, and and through that we get, I think we get a lot of solid growth out of bill from that. And it really brings it around, but also, God damn it. I am so excited to see Bill on keto and still eating every day at Bob at Bob Bill on keto and still eating every day at bar at, I still can't say it. Bobby's barbecue truck. There it is at Bobby's yeah. barbecue to fucking sake, John drink <laughs> um, eating every day at Bobby's food truck where we all know he's doing barbecue and probably making cookies and God help me. I bet cupcakes too. tangentially. I'm sure there's fucking cupcakes involved, but it's all right. But you know, like, and that's a little bit you got to take away from business. it. You what? Only because his cupcake store went out of business, Mark. <laughs> Somewhere, Connie, yes, <laughs> ended him into starting a cupcake business, and it totally tanked, and that's what led to the first, like, divorce, because they tried to make it work again, and it didn't. And instead of being a pant load, he adopted Gracie because Luann and Lucky died trying to using pretty, pretty truck truck to outrun a train, and they didn't. And yeah, and so now Bobby runs a food truck with his step niece daughter Gracie. I'm in. Let's do that. Uh Johnny, what are you rating this thing? Is this ever been a question for you, man? I it's don't a know. blue flame. This is a blue flame for me. Okay. It was never a question for me. Before this episode started, I knew it what it was going to be. And if if I haven't opined enough on how much I love the Bill story in this and how much I, I, I think the relationship between him and Bobby is and how much character growth he has. I want to give the writers, I want to give them one more kudo from me because it takes balls to make a choice like this and, and just be very definitive about it. Because at this point, if anybody goes back on it, they look like the biggest fucking asshole. And it's that we have an end of Bill's story. Realistically, we are never going to see another doe tree. And we should never see another Doe Tree. If the reboot somehow shows that Bill has a bastard somewhere, I'm not going to accept it. I'm not. Because this is the perfect ending for Bill and the Doe Trees. You know what I mean? Like, they are willing to step out onto a ledge and say, guess what? This When this character dies, he dies. That's it. There is no more anything else that we can milk out of this character. We're not having okay. any other just weird random people show up like, this is the end of his line. It's him and his cousin. His cousin is very, very gay cousin. Like, that's it. And to me, that is a huge step for a writer to say, well, nope, we are ending this storyline right here. Anybody else that tries to fuck with that's going to look like a giant dickhead. So, uh, it's to me, this is a blue flame. I told you earlier in this episode that you cannot have a top three bill episodes without including this one in there. This is the absolute pinnacle of his growth. I don't think we're going to see any other growth episodes out of Bill. None that are quite topped like this. Um, we have seen him go from pant load 
to kind of like empowered and strong and oh my God, I literally dressed up as my ex-wife and showed up to a Christmas party and made a gigantic fuck you fool out of myself. And we have finally evolved to the fact that I am okay and accepting of the fact that I am never going to have a kid and yet I can still choose to impart my wisdom onto the rest of my family that I have made and chosen out of my best friends. So, All right. Blue Flame. Awesome. Uh, really quick, not to disagree with you, but got a thousand percent disagree with you. Number one, we're going to get a ton of growth out of Bill Bulk and the Body Buddies physically, but also <laughs> uh, the Bill... growth, brother. <laughs> Literally, no agony, no bragony. Um, but also, um, Rolling Thunder, <laughs> the Bill Dotrieu story when he gets diabetes and just becomes Diabolic shock. Good God. <laughs> I'm so excited for that one. Um, anyway... Um, I'm sure you already know what I'm giving it, but it's a butane. It's fine. I was really excited to watch this one. You've hyped it up for me. And then I watched it and I was like, we just don't remember King of the Hill. This isn't here. We are season 11. We're going to call back to old characters. I'm not mad. Don't get me wrong. I'm really glad to see Gilbert. He's great. I'm kind of bummed. We're not going to see him again. I, I would like to see a little bit more with uh, Gilbert and the bus station bum. Cause that was a good little bit. Um, (laughs) You called it out as a con when you like hands him the like handkerchief and he like puts it back in his pocket. And it's like, I, oh, I kind of genuinely con. It was like, just like, yeah, I'm going to call it a side con out of you. Cause it was, it is a gross moment. It's a gross moment for me, but I kind of like, <laughs> it it's just like, you know, as Lucretius has said, I am not disgusted by anything human or whatever he says. And like, that's a great little bit. Um, I like Gilbert. Please don't get me wrong. I think he's a great yeah. character. Um, the, the line of, oh, heavens, I've still got my Austin face on. That's great. Um, <laughs> Hank yeah. is 100% out of character for half the episode, and then the other half of the episode is just interjecting into Bill's life. So I want to pose this question to you before we round out here. Who does okay. more damage to Bill, Hank or Lenore? Um... Who is more detrimental to Bill? And I understand, I understand that like Hank has always been there for Bill, but like we never see Bill recovering. And any forward momentum we get is because Hank has to pull him out of some shit that Hank got him into in the first place. Okay. So I kind of wonder. I and I don't need an answer. I just I, I want to leave you and the listeners with that little taste of my double flavor in their mouth. With well, who's a, who's a bigger villain in Bill's life? Is it Hank or Bill or or Hank or Lenore? Um. But I like the interaction between Bobby and Bill. This is a good episode. I'll watch it again. I definitely won't turn oh, yeah. it off. I don't need context to watch it or enjoy it. It can't be a charking for me, though, just because I don't understand a bulk of it. Because it just doesn't make context sense, continuity sense, or even, like, framing sense. Um, also, what does the farm turn into? Or what does uh, Chateau de la Tour d'Autrive turn into? Johnny, is it a catfish farm or a water park? You tell me. I really hope it's a catfish farm because... I remember how swampy that thing looked, and I cannot imagine what a water park would look there. <laughs> that was my first thought was, you're going to put a water park in a swamp? Yeah. But then I remembered, like, Disney World in Florida is basically a swamp, right? Like, eh, so... probably. But it doesn't have kudzu. Slowly but surely <laughs> strangling our Dixie. Strangling our Dixie. Um, I feel bad. I feel like I really shit in your favorite hat, and I'm sorry about that one. But I, I, I buddy, you are entitled to your wrong opinion. Um, but, that's fine. Hey, our listeners are all going to have their own as well. 
I there's there, you can't have imagined that I was ever going to give it anything but this. I've been like you said, I've been hyping this up for like three seasons now. I knew way ahead of time that this was going to be a blue flame for me. Um, it is one of my most anticipated episodes. It's one of my most rewatched episodes. If I'm going through, mm-hmm. I will I seek this out more than almost anything else. Oh wow! And it's because okay. it just leaves me with such a good fucking feeling in the end, and I get more Gilbert and. He is just such a fun contrast to Bill because he's such a harsh Dotrieve compared to Pantload Dotrieve. Yeah. yeah. You, you, Mark, you never have to apologize for disagreeing with me on this podcast, ever. It's ever. not disagreeing. I just don't want you to think that I came at this with, like, the intention to be, like, no, 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 at you. Not at all. Like, I would never do that. I just, as I was watching, I knew how much this one meant to you, and, like, I knew how hyped you were for it. And then as I watched it, I was like... Ugh, I think I'd rather watch Harmonaholics, Bill. <laughs> hey, you gave me my platform, and you even let me speak first. So if I can't convince you, Mark, then that tells you just uh, just as much as anything else that you you're validated in your opinion of this of this episode. I think we might need to. I know that we've got a couple on here that are going to be like rewatches. I think this one might be a rewatch for me. It you know might what I mean? be. Okay. But. Yeah, you know what? If nothing else, season eleven, and there's two butanes, so I'll take that. I guess like it's not—they're <laughs> not charcoal. I didn't hate it. I'm not going to turn it off when it comes on. And and I, you know, also I guess side pro we didn't call out. Neither one of us called out. You keep talking about your honor, but all I see is a crying drunk and a yelling sissy. <laughs> yep. Which is the best line I think we've ever gotten out of Hank. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. We ought to get out of here. I am sweating like a whore in church. The sake is pouring out of my pores. Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. If anything, like I said, it makes this 101-episode journey that much more worth it um, that we got to this point. I got to share this episode with my lady wizard today, and that made me very happy. What about you, buddy? Yeah, I still like King of the Hill. It's a good show. And again, we... I guess I'm just kind of bummed out that between this and Sir Punt, I wasn't sure which episode I liked better because they're both butanes. You know what I mean? And that's a weird okay. feeling to have. But I think that's the bigger problem that I'm having is I, between this and Sir Punt, I'm like, well, they're both butanes. Like, I, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, um, you want to tell those good people where they can find us, buddy? I would love to. The good people of Internet and Podcast Land can always find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We are Dang Old Podcast. Search us up. We're going to be there. You can always reach out to us on email. We're dangolepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me personally, I am on Instagram at krautball. That is kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish, meatball. Handful of you guys like to reach out to me. Uh, hey, whether you're starting your day or ending your day, I'm usually awake because I'm eight hours away from most of you. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Mark, where can they find you? If I'm not complaining about King of the Hill, I might be complaining about movies on our other podcast, the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, where me and my buddy Brad, and once upon a time Johnny, and in the near future here, our buddy Josh, take some movie that was integral to our to us as a person that the other one didn't watch, and we watch it, and we talk about it, and then we discuss that all-important question of, well, when can I show this thing to my children? Uh, this week, when this one drops, we will have just watched uh, Men in Black. And then the week Ooh. after that, Josh will be on there when we watched uh, the 19, 
oh, 1989's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So go check us out over there. Or, or the live go check us out. Yeah, 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 yeah. The OG live nice. action. Yeah. Um, go check us out over there. Or, or find us on our other sister podcast, the OG flagship podcast of High Hammock Studios. The Two Wizards podcast, where me and Josh stare into that void so you don't have to. Um, this week... It, this is weird for me, sorry, because I gotta like look at time as it happens. This week we uh, we discussed uh, Japanese manga horror artist and master and the weirdest dude in the world, but also one of the coolest dudes in the world, Junji Ito. So go check us out oh, over there. Yeah. And if I said something that you would disagree with, if I just inflamed you with my dislike of Gilbert and his abuse. Or, or my hatred of Hank and his forgetting that Bobby likes to cook, well, by all means, come and find me on Marky Stardust at Twitter, and we can throw internet hands, metaphorically, and you can insult <laughs> me and I can insult you, and then we'll realize at the end of the day, well, it's all just fake and made up and the points don't matter, but find me over there. Um, guys, thank you for listening. Johnny, once again, man, 101 episodes. I'm just going to keep calling them out as we keep doing them, because like, at this point, we are getting to insane proportions of the amount of episodes we've done about this and <laughs> man always a kick in the ass glad to do this with you listeners thank you for being here and letting us be a part of your day and we will see you next week see you all next week thanks for listening guys i forgot how to say goodbye in french <laughs>